and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And I'm Huck. We got a guest. A guest, you guys. Ooh. It's been a while since we've had a guest. And and the guest is also my husband. And maybe it's a little gauche to have your husband as a guest on your podcast, but whatever. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> eh, that's fine. Well, it better be, because I'm here. I mean, we we pretty much have, like, friends of ours on all the time, so... Yeah. I don't I don't think it's that. Like, my sister was a guest on her husband's podcast, so I don't think... I don't okay. think it's gauche. There's a precedent. Fine. Yeah. There's precedent. Strong, strong precedent. Yeah. I mean, if Sean can be on podcasts with his... Or can be on streams with his brother... Well, that's a little different. Slightly different. They're, they're both professionals you know, in their industry. You know... That's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. We had, we've had Lee on. We've had Sean Bow on. We've had a bunch of people who are just. We oh, I think yeah. we pretty much entirely had like end defender community members on at this point. So. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I know. I know the community is mostly. I don't want to say it's like. It, it's over, but the the community is. Uh, Less active than it has been in the past, but it's still, you know, I mean, it's still the community podcast. So do you that's just fine. want do you just want to yell at Sean Bow to his face? No, about not streaming. No, not at all. I mean, I it's I get it. Like streaming is, yeah. it it requires. I, hey, I keep it up. So. Yeah, exactly. It, it requires non-zero effort, and I, you know, I, I if, if if you can do it, that's cool. If if life gets in the way, then that's also cool. Like it. It's it's not something that I think I could commit to for any any regular schedule, so I was wondering and I can't remember if I said this last time or not, but I'm wondering at what point like we'll start to have listeners where you say like this is the podcast of the end defender community and they won't know what we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. Oh well. <laughs> we are generally available, not just through I mean, for those wondering, it's our friend Sean Bouchard who streams play by play, which is an excellent like academic game design stream. Uh, but he's been very busy lately because he just got married, and so the whole wedding planning and whatnot uh, yeah. took up quite a deal of time. And so it's been a while since he streamed. Yeah, that's okay. We still love him anyway. Of course. Uh, yeah, so how you guys been the past couple weeks? Pretty good. Not a whole lot has happened. Just... How's the settling into the new place? Pretty good. We, um, I mean, I guess, I guess some things have happened. All of, all, maybe not all, but a large portion of, um, my boyfriend's friends were just kind of in the area last weekend. So, uh, a couple of them stayed with us. And we sort of just hung out, drank a lot, played cool. Jackbox games. Okay. So uh, just a quick technical check. Did I? Did my audio get screwed up there? Or yeah. Good? Yes. It sounds like someone's <laughs> vacuuming in the background. Oh god, I'm I'm so sorry, guys. Oh no, it's fine. I like I said, I can I can edit it out. No, no, I I it's it's really, really bonehead. You'd think by now I would have learned how to fix this, but that should be that should be much better right now. Yes. Yes, okay. good. Okay, sorry. I just I thought a little bit out. I thought if I'm going to test Mistralia things, I should plug in a controller. 
Uh. Oh no. <laughs> and it's the, you know, it's the DS that eats sound. It's the D the sound eater. <laughs> Best controller ever, but boy, Windows does not want to make it easy. I'm so sorry about that. Oh no problem. You're still vacuuming a little bit. Okay, I can fix that. How does that even happen? Because the there's way... a speaker, there's a speaker on the controller, so it can output sound if it needs to, uh, and Windows just def- yeah, uh, Windows just defaults to any time there's a new sound thing that gets plugged in, it automatically switches over to it. So and several separate from Windows, Skype also switches over to it automatically. <laughs> so you have to untoggle them both. Yeah. Uh, is that better? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Sure that I'm nice and that's almost that's just about the lowest auto adjust setting that I can reach. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Uh, so sorry, Kelsey, you were saying about. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, just I don't know. I I've met, I had met one of them before, and now I got to meet all of the rest of them. You are now officially like a member of the community, like inundated into that particular group. I guess. Yeah. Inundated is not the word I meant there, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what is the word? Inducted, I guess? Inducted, that's probably it. Indoctrinated, maybe? I wanted to say inoculated. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's where I went with it, too. Yeah. yeah. You are now, you are no longer vulnerable to disease from this group. Yeah. Inculcated. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of words starting with too, in. But then, then I thought, does inculcated mean something else? But maybe, maybe that's the right one. <laughs> so are you taking over the gang now? Uh, nah. <laughs> did you uh, did you immediately beat up the biggest guy there to prove no, that uh, you the, aren't a big the biggest? Man? The biggest guy there uh, is how tall is he? He's like six five, which I think officially makes him the tallest person I know. Uh, so that ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just have to fight him in a very low room. Yeah, that's true. Ooh, yeah, you low ceiling. Duck. Make that make that work for you. Yeah, no, that's fine. He's also the the least threatening person, just uh-huh. in general. We uh we went we went to like local Japanese steakhouse hibachi place. We did not do hibachi, uh, and he doesn't like beer, so he ordered a a girly drink. He ordered a key lime paradise. And... A non-threatening beverage. <laughs> and that became the joke of the evening, was the key lime paradise. Aww. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I know a lot of really tall people who go out of their way to be, like, gentle <laughs> and kind of withdrawn. Probably yeah. because all their life they're used to being, like, intimidating to people and bumping <laughs> into things. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't think he goes out of his way, though. I think that's just how he is. Oh, maybe. So, you know. Um, I I will have to ask folks to excuse me a little bit if I uh, have to breathe away from the mic to cough for a little bit because I may or may not be getting sick. Uh, everyone at my office is sick right now, uh, which is not great. And like really badly sick, the point where they like, you know, call in for like a work from home meeting and you hear they sound like the crypt keeper. It's like horribly raspy. Like, oh, oh well, that uh, could be trouble. Yes, yeah. we'll see. I might also be hoarse because I was just in a, a role-playing, a tabletop role-playing thing uh, earlier today. Ah, uh, which yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, usually. What uh, what were you guys playing? 
Uh, it's called uh, Stars Without Number. Uh, and it's a pretty inveterate, it's a pretty inveterate RPG group, and I'm looking forward to next week when we actually do play. We're doing character creation. Uh, but we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to chainsaw this system to get it to be. <laughs> Is it not good? It's, there's, uh, yeah, it's, it's got some things wrong with it. That we all, like, everybody sort of lurched into objection to. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything interesting we did in the past two weeks. Did I talk about, have, was it since I saw, uh, the last How to Train Your Dragon that we had the last stream? Uh, you have not talked about it, so I'm gonna assume that it, okay. that that's it been... was, yeah, it was probably last weekend. Um, <laughs> so I saw How to Train Your Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, tiny, like, blurb movie review. It was about, like, exactly what you would predict from the trailer. Like, pretty much beat for beat. If you've seen the trailer, you know exactly what the movie is going to be. But I still cried real hard at the ending. So (laughs) they did a good job. They did the job that that they needed to do. It's it's weird. I did not know that that movie existed until I saw people talking about it on Twitter. And I was... I, I just... I, it would not on my radar at all. Like, oh, they made another one of those. This is the third one, right? Yep. I was the same one. I thought, like, <laughs> is there a second movie? <laughs> right? Well, you know, it's it's very on brand for me. I have to be up on the dragon movie. So yeah, that's valid. Um, I yeah, I've been very into them. Uh, this one is like pretty clearly like intending to end the franchise. Like, it's got a very definitive ending to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, and it's bittersweet. It's not like horribly tragic or anything. Um, but yeah, I cried real hard. It's uh, also, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a cover ending. It would be very difficult to effectively sequelize into it. But I mean, we said that about Toy Story as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or Kingdom Hearts. Well, I mean, <laughs> We said that before having actually seen the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3, and then we saw the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3, and we're like, oh, they never had any intention of ending the franchise here. Yeah, isn't, did, isn't what um, what they have said was that this is the, Kingdom Hearts 3 is the end of, like, this arc of yeah, Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, this story arc, yeah. That's yeah. The sort we're going to be believe... Kingdom Hearts games until we're all dead. I actually, I think that technically, strictly speaking, it's the end of their contract with Disney. Uh, I don't know if that's true. That might yeah, I don't be. either. I don't know if that's uh, true. But either. it is. It, Nomura for a while has been saying like that this is the end of the like Seeker of Darkness story arc, which, um, in retrospect, should have made it obvious to us that this was not the last game, because he didn't say this is the last game. He said yeah, this is the end of the arc. It's it's but. like Pokemon, the first movie, <laughs> which is absolutely what they called it, um, yeah. because just in case you weren't sure. Yep. Disney is also losing the copyrights. Uh, well, if well, they don't do any weird law. Yeah. It, it, I don't know how their option is structured. They may Disney may not be able to do that. In fact, I have reason to suspect that if Disney Disney could in fact withdraw uh, the the option, then they probably would have, because I understand there's a period of. Um, hostility between senior Disney management and... Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, Carl is talking about the fact that the... I think that the copyright on Mickey Mouse is almost expired, unless they do another uh, stupid ruining American copyright. They won't. (laughs) 
Yeah. They won't. The pressure, the advocate, I don't even think they're going to try. It, at this point, if they did another extension, then properties Disney created would have been illegal. Like, they couldn't have made Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all it's all fucked up. I was reading about yeah. that a while ago, and I still am not fully sure that I understand it. It's uh, just that uh, Disney's beef is legit, but they can't, they don't get to ruin our copyright system behind that, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Any more than they already have. Yeah. So yeah. the loss of the loss of copyright, uh, we might see a lot of unauthorized Disney content, <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure they still have. Uh, like I don't know how their option is built, but I I suspect that they must have some kind of persistent optioning going on because I think Disney wanted to pull Kingdom Hearts after the second one. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure about that. We heard at one point that like. Disney was uh, someone at Disney was sort of antsy about um, characters from different Disney franchises being portrayed in the same piece of media. Um, I, yeah. And that's I think that was like the former head of Disney who has since like left. Um, but it, that's kind of hilarious in the day of like modern franchise media. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, no, we'll have Kingdom Hearts in perpetuity, but we might not have any more How to Train Your Dragon, which is okay. Um, I mean, I guess the Netflix TV shows are still going strong, but they're, they take place in sort of like limbo time before the second movie. So, Wait, there's a yeah. Netflix I didn't, TV show? <laughs> I didn't several, know that existed either. Yeah, oh, yeah no. they've done it. It's had, there's either been, depending on how you look at it, there's either been like three Netflix series or like, one series with three differently named seasons. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Carl, where have we been? I don't know. <laughs> I my problem is that I have this this childhood prejudice against dragons, being a drooling Tolkien fanatic. So yeah, it'd be tough for me to get behind. That's yeah. Yeah. Get these get these damn dragons out of my protagonist spot. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why are we not cowering in fear? Yeah. When when is it gonna burn a child? I demand yeah, exactly. it. <laughs> whereas whereas I was mostly Dragon Riders of Pern growing up. There so you go. I'm my my dream my like dream as a child was to like hatch a bunch of fire lizards, um, and like have them all as pets and or ride a queen dragon. Like, this is this is like. When I so when I first showed my mom's like an animation fan so when I first showed her How to Train Your Dragon like hey look at this new movie as soon as it was over and like the credits were rolling she turned to me and she said this is such a Kyla movie <laughs> and I'm like yeah I'm trying to think what my I I read a lot of Dragonlance but I don't remember how dragons were actually included in Dragonlance they mostly aren't that's what um... I was thinking. There's sort of a big, only at the very end and when it's critical. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you read Chronicles Volumes 1 and 2, which is what everybody sort of starts on. Yes, and then I also, Including, yeah, I read like the twin series because... That's Volume 2. Is it? Chronicles, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I read and that. Th those, I were the six, those were the six good books they wrote, and after that it kind of it kind of starts to cave. Yeah, I think the first, the first set of Chronicles was like the... Um the first three seasons named ones. So yeah. It was like Dragons of Autumn Twilight, yeah. uh, Winter Wait, Night, and Hang on. Autumn Dawn. <laughs> spring, spring, spring Dawning. Yeah. Spring, spring Dawning. Spring Dawning. 
Spring Dawning. Yeah. They didn't do a fourth one until much later. And I was going to say, Summer Flame was, like, later. That was them yeah. burning the series down. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, that, that's I the... don't remember if I've read Summer Flame. It's, it's been a billion years, and yet here they, they still are sitting on my shelf. Yeah. Uh, also, my copy of Soul Forge is sitting on the shelf. So I must have read that one at some point as well. Is that a Dragonlance book? Yeah, I don't it's, even know. It's, it's like a, a standalone a thing about Riesling ah. for the most part. Of course. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, of course. I should mention those are the good Dragonlance books written by Weiss Hickman, the first yeah. two Chronicles. Mm -hmm. There are other good Dragonlance books written by other authors. Uh, but it's that's the only one. I also also the campaign is terrible. Is, oh, um, is there is there an actual like campaign module? Absolutely, based on? that's mm -hmm. no no. You got it the other way around. Yeah, the books yeah. Are I know that I, I knew that they like wrote based on a, a campaign, but no, it's the most awful railroady second ed garbage. Uh, <laughs> my brother got me the box set as a present. It was good, which was a good choice. A present. He got a hold of an original, you know, like nineteen eighty six. I think. Nice. Uh, Dragonlance box set. It's a, it's a back east. I might try to bring it back with me, actually, dear. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I started reading their plot info, and I'm like, this is like railroading. This is like a 400 level railroading course. <laughs> this, this is terrible. That's this unfortunate. Is, yeah, this is so Geneva that I could never, like. Well, you. My, my second, players would tar and feather me if I tried to do this. For second ed, it's a little more forgivable. They they didn't quite have all the kinks ironed out yet in second ed. Yeah, they didn't. Um, it, it was it was a different different time, but uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't thrilled. Although it's a it's a glorious setting, but I would never I would never try to run a campaign there. Hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah that's Dragonlance. But the books, hey, I'll take it. I mean, we could talk about the the Dragonlance uh, animated film as well. <laughs> Oh god, I forgot that that ex I think I repressed that that exists. <laughs> it's thanks. It's bad. Oh yeah, I mean it better be. I just the only the only good thing about it is that Kiefer Sutherland is in it, but that's and I don't think he's even really any good in it. He's just in it. Who is he in it? I believe he's Raceland actually. He better be Raceland. I I mean I don't know who else he would he could have been. Uh yeah. Yeah, I think you could make good uh film and even uh, video games. I was gonna say you could maybe make a good like TV series out of it. I don't know if a single film would. Oh yeah, really... that's. I mean, maybe a film per book, but. Oh when shit! Game, Game of Thrones finally crashes. That's where where they'll go. Lucy Lawless is also in it. No <laughs> kidding. And I mean, Philomar. That's not surprising. Philomar is like mm. the voice actor's voice actor. So. Uh... I, I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, let's. You, be... you yeah. heard him. Yeah. The cat's here. You, you're hearing him too. Wow, very that's, articulate cat. Yeah, that's Fliffo. Yeah, he's a big boy. Mm -hmm. Sounds Talking like about boobs. voice acting, and wanted to just remind everyone that he has a demo tape, mm -hmm. uh, and he can do lots of interesting voices if you want. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh. I guess another thing that is fairly recent news. Uh. GDC is this week. Uh. Yeah. And I have a game there. I am not there myself but most of the rest of my team is, and they're going to be showing it uh, tomorrow and the next day, which is super exciting. Nice. I thought. Nice. Yeah. The uh, Indie Mega Booth, and it's Wintermore Tactics Club, in case anybody who yeah. is at GDC listens to this, like, tonight, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. they'll know. I mean, it's going to be the game that wins the Indie Mega Booth, so... 
I don't think that's a thing that actually is a thing. It's going to become a thing when Wintermore hits it. Uh, yeah, they're going to see it and be like, we need we need to make this the winner. We've we are, never, we are beat, we're everyone else setting the precedent right now. There has to be a winner. Or uh, visual novel tactics games. <laughs> tactics RPGs. Even the categories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's exciting. Like, super, uh, you know, looking forward to hearing how it went and just excited to have some people, like, see our game. We've been working real hard on it. and So everything is ready? No uh, issues? I mean, we played a build of it, um, like, right before our team lead left for GDC. Or for actually for South by Southwest, because he, he did the pitch contest there first. Hmm. Um, and the only major bug... That wasn't like an annoying polish thing that only we would really notice. Uh, was that sometimes characters said their lines twice for no reason? Hmm. Um, and I think hmm. we fixed that. I think I think Ben worked hard and fixed that that weekend. So we should be good to go. Nice, should be. That's good. Yeah, I mean, something there. You know, that's yeah. how it is. We'll I'm, we'll undoubtedly discover some big bugs as part of the the playtesting that happens at GDC, but. I'm I'm happy with the build we're going into with. Uh, it's got a you know we worked hard to to polish the first chapter up nicely and I've been working all the way on chapter six and it's it's good nice. it's going to be a good game you guys it's a game and it's like a real game and I'm excited yeah I'm looking forward yeah. I'm looking forward to that and being able to play it on the podcast probably at some point and we'll have to do it as like a post-mortem rather than a normal podcast because I will in no way be able to be objective about it at all. Yeah. So. I mean, that's that's fine. We can we can we shake it up a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of the podcast and, oh, yeah. and that we talk about <laughs> yeah, maybe. I didn't get to talk about his week. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah. Okay. That was that was what I expected. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Uh, I should have I should have let you say it, but you know. No, it's okay. I always like to check in just in case because Carl is so quiet. I always worry that like his news for the week is that he's like secretly plotting world domination, and it's just like nobody ever asks him about it, so he never says anything. And you mean I I would tell you if you asked? Well, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. If I I won't know unless I keep asking, right? If you're plotting uh, world domination, hey, look, friend, I will gladly submit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably better than what we've got. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suspect that Swedish world domination would be pretty awesome, actually. That's the... Uh, anyway, we played a game. <laughs> you we guys. Did. We did. Uh, the, game, the game that we played uh, was Mages of Mistralia by Borealis Games. Um... It is, uh, it seemed from the credits like it is a pretty small studio. It seemed like a good 80% of the credits, besides the Kickstarter backers, were like orchestra that were recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. I assume the team itself is pretty small. Um, it is a procedural magic game. Uh, not in the sense that the levels are procedural. It's a very, like, you know, defined... Um, linear story, but the the big gimmick of the game is that you have a series of spell types, which are like instant uh, duration uh, what's the what's, 
what's the third one? The fourth one is self. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the third one is like swath. You know, let me just pull up the wiki real quick here so I can keep track of this stuff. Yeah. And so within each of these types, you um, unlock a series of runes, uh, and each rune does a different thing. And depending on how you connect them uh, to the spell focus in each of these types, you get different, like, final spells. So you kind of get to build and customize spells. And there's a lot of different runes. So you yeah. end up being able to do a very wide variety of things depending on um, what you pick. Uh, it has some things in common with Magicka, which we've played on this uh, this podcast before. Mm-hmm. But in general, I feel like this is a like this is a not exactly a holy grail, but like a pretty common idea that like every game designer wants to make. Like, oh, it'd be so cool if we had a magic system where you could actually like build the spells and customize the spells. Yeah, there's there's one game that I saw uh, on Itch.io a long time ago, and it does a similar thing, and it, it looked really cool, and I forgot the name of it, and I have never been able to find it again. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so, I don't think I don't think it was complete, like I, I'm pretty sure it's not completed, or it wasn't at the time that I saw this. Maybe, so. it was a, maybe it was actually like a precursor to this game. Maybe it was their original demo. I don't think so. I, I, the art style <laughs> was significantly different. So yeah. So um. So the yeah. So the art style. So you play. I guess I. By that I mean I'm segueing into narrative, <laughs> which has nothing to do with art <laughs> style. Okay. Uh, you play as Zia, um, who is. Uh, a young mage in a world where, um, like, a mage is born, I don't know, every year or every ten years or something. I think it was every um, ten, yeah. It's every ten, but that also doesn't, if, if one mage is born every ten years, then how are there any mages of even roughly similar age? Yeah. It doesn't make any goddamn sense, but yeah. uh, we'll get into my problems with the story later. Okay, yeah. Um, and so there's there used to be these big mage kings that would, that, you know, ruled the rule that ruled peacefully and everybody was happy and the you know mages were brought up in the way of the mages uh and then one mage king ruined it for everybody by going crazy uh and then and got magic outlawed and now uh mages are like illegal so uh you play as a a young mage who like can't, comes into her powers and accidentally like sets fire to her village yeah. Uh, and so you run off into the woods where you find uh, a mentor um, named Mentor, and you uh, you learn to control your powers, and you then have to go and do some stuff that involves, I guess, bringing mages back to Mistralia? Question mark. Um, or like ending ending the oppression, oppression. of mages. Yeah. Also making the eclipse. Don't forget the eclipse. Stopping the eclipse. Stopping yeah. the eclipse. Because he didn't start the eclipse, the bad guy. He only continued the eclipse. They make that point twice. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure why they feel it's important to make that point, because it makes no difference at all to the story. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> um, in terms of, like, visually, it's, like, little little chibi 3D figurines in a kind of action-adventure style uh, 3D, like, distant camera. Um I guess visually it's it's a bit similar to like Magicka or Sexy Brutal a little bit. Yeah. In terms of the overall style. Uh I feel like 
for me, at least the the visuals and the audio were very like nondescript. They were like yes. functional, but mm-hmm. nothing more than that. Yeah, I I got a strong sense of genericness from a lot of it, which I mean, that's that's not to say that it doesn't look you know good. It's just like oh, this is. This is like a thing I've seen before. Yeah, this is yeah. exactly and what you would expect it to look like, I guess. I also recognize some stuff from Unity Asset Store. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that it's Unity just by the by the shaders they're using because they're all using really generic um, rendition. But um, but I'm I'm not surprised to hear that there's generic assets. Like I think those fireballs. I think I've seen them before. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Um. So the, I guess we can go kind of like point by point through the plot, um, what there is of it. Uh, I, I guess I should preface this by saying like, I'm going to complain a lot about this game, but I actually really did enjoy this game quite a bit. Um, I'm, I'm complaining in it. It's one of those games and we've had a couple of them on here that I felt like I really liked it like 80% and if it had just worked a little harder on a few things it would have been like an amazing game instead of just a pretty good game that's the feeling I I get from it I I get the impression first of all I get the impression of very hard work on it because things like the the camera always work even if I don't like how they always work Mm -hmm. Uh, and the the set pieces are clearly very well designed and debugged and polished um, but the reason the the I'm, I'm with Kyla on this the the frustration I experience with the game is that I see ways in which just uh, just going a little bit further would have made the game epically better. Yeah, I I'm yeah. glad we're sort of all on the same page because my my overwhelming thoughts with this game is like I don't for the most part I don't really have a whole lot of problems with it, but at the same time I don't have a whole lot that wowed me about it as well. It's just, yeah. it's like, this This game is fine. It's fine. Can you see it from here? Getting wowed. Can you see it from this game? Uh, I think so, yes. Yeah, because I can too. I can see, they, they, I've heard I've heard uh, chatter in, this, in the ether about what they're doing next, what Borealis is doing next, mm-hmm. with specifically the Mage's property and in general. What they, I think where they want to take this is kind of make a roguelike, Using the spell mechanic system, which is just exactly where I would go with it too, hmm. uh, and it's also just exactly the hardest possible thing they could do. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think that that's great, uh, and I'm glad that they're that they're running with it and they're not shelving it because this is um, this this has the feel of an interim of a of a with the demo game that comes out before the amazing game that lights the world on fire comes out. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, Quick pause, if we can. Babe, yeah. are you doing something involving, like, a mouse wheel or scrolling or something? No. Because I'm picking not. up some kind of weird, like, scratching audio from somewhere. Is it like that? No. it's mm. It sounds like, like someone rubbing the edge of, like, a plastic bottle cap or something. Sorry, that might be is me. Is that just me? Is it, is it this sound? That's my me? mouse wheel. Okay. But oh, that's I... a good, good stiff mouse wheel you got there. Yeah. Okay, so I... that probably won't show up on the recording. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think I think it's and I don't know if you know maybe maybe a roguelike would be better, maybe not. I, I think like 
this wasn't exactly a demo. Like, this is a full game, and it it's really solid in a lot of ways. Um, I, I noticed right off the bat that they, they do the thing, and I think I've mentioned this before, is, like, this is my secret, like, check to see if you've polished your game thing, is when you plug in a controller, all of the, um, like, key instructions automatically mm-hmm. switch over from keyboard to controller. Yes. And not only that, it detects PlayStation versus Xbox controller. And mm-hmm. customize for it. And, I did not and it, that. Detects, yeah. it detects changes that are made, although I think you have to hack the um, any file to change them. Hmm. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, though, because I never actually tried that. That when brings me to changes a, that are made, you mean like... If you change the configuration. Oh, the uh, I, yeah, I guess I never really tried yeah. to change the configuration. But it occurs so. to me that... Well, I didn't either. Maybe you can't. It might not be in an option. Uh, that's usually something that I can't forgive a game for, is being unable to... Uh, uh, a PC game. Uh, being unable to change your controller set, your configuration, like that's, that, yeah, that, yeah. I, I, I have, I have true bright hate for a couple games that do that. <laughs> um, but um, that that brings me to something that I wanted to talk about, which is controller versus mouse and keyboard. Um, let's, well, yeah, okay, we can si- sidebar onto that. I do want to yeah. go through the entire narrative, but. Uh... <laughs> We haven't gotten very far into it yet, so we can all do. But I want to I first establish how I'm moving through this narrative. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that everybody except me straight used a controller, or did anybody go for mouse and keyboard or hybrid? I used I use a controller. Okay. I used a controller. Okay. I sometimes I, use mouse and keyboard just to make spells. Yeah. I needed the, to think a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, so, I did but you didn't use it for, for, for mainly play. Okay. So I'm so the the impulse to do what I call goofy hand, which is one hand on a controller and one hand on your mouse. That's just me. Okay. Uh, it got weird. I because a, a DS4 is a controller designed to be held in two hands, uh, and it actually doesn't hold very well in one hand. So what I did was I, I had a, a pair of pants. I own a pair of pants that are way too big for me, uh, and I just twisted them around so that the pocket uh, was centered right on my belly. And then I just jammed the controller into it, so I had something to push against. Hmm. Real custom setup. Yeah, real, real custom, <laughs> custom design. You should patent uh, that. And I did that on stream. Um, yeah, it. Uh, oh it worked yeah, okay. I forgot that you streamed. I streamed, this game. I streamed the whole game. Yeah, whole dang game. So uh, if anybody wants to watch it, you can also go like watch the bots. This this configuration is suboptimal, but um, it kind of brings me back around to the thing that one of the things that. I felt, I'm not sure what the answer for this could have been. Maybe they couldn't have done this better. But there are situations where using a mouse is just flat out plain objectively better. Uh, and I'm not, like, I, there are situ, I'm not, I'm glad that I could use the mouse for those because it lets you, it lets you cast your spells with much greater precision. And it well, also gives you more objective control over what you are targeting. Yeah, so I was going to say, I feel like the trade-off is that um, you can either use a mouse, which lets you target more precisely, but then the game starts requiring you to target precisely, uh, or you can use the controller, which can't target precisely, but then the game also gives you some, like, fudging leeway, where it, like, lets you kind of miss slightly and still hit things. There's one other slight advantage to the mouse, and this is one that they didn't really fix, and again, I don't know if they could. Uh, you can move in one direction and cast in another if you have a mouse. Oh. Hmm. Um, it's not not exactly at the same time, but 
if you this is a classic mouse versus thumbstick thing it, you don't have to um, redirect you don't have to point yourself in a different direction if you're using a mouse to cast you'll still stop and you'll still I was going to say turn. does the, the character does still turn around to do the cast though right yes yeah. well it, she blinks around she flashes around to do the casting and then you can continue moving mm-hmm. uh, and that that's a big help I saw Kitty when you were when you were in the arena um, I didn't realize until I watched you doing it, but it's that's a huge deal when you're yeah. in the arena. My, my arena strategy is run in circles until my mana regenerates, turn around, fire one fireball, and repeat. But you lost so much time spinning around to get the spell off. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you lose uh, so much time to do that, and it. Whereas if you just if you just have a mouse, you just smack your mouse button. Now, if you're going to do this, you have to have a five button mouse flat out. You know. I mean, you, you can do it on keyboard. That's just the the other two. So the spells, there's four major spell categories, um, in which maps to on the controller three of the buttons and one trigger. Um, on on keyboard, by default, I believe it maps to left click, right click, uh, shift, and space, or something yes. like that. Something you like that, can yeah. still do them while doing WASDA, but it's, uh, you know... Yeah, but if you have a five-button mouse... It's easier if they're all on the mouse. If you yeah. have a five-button mouse, you can map it all up onto your mouse, and then you can do all your casting there. Yeah, uh, and so the system of spells is such that uh, for each of the <clears throat> the different, uh, uh, I guess, types, uh, groups... I have the syntax for um, it here in just a second. That doesn't matter. <laughs> the thing uh, is, focus. The... There's focus and essence. So okay. The, yes. Um, yeah. So for each of the different spell focus types, um, you can create as many spells of that type. You can create up to six of those, yep. uh, and then your whichever one you're currently using of that type is mapped to the corresponding button. But you can also hold down one of the bumpers to quickly cycle through the spells on that button to get a different one. So, for instance, if you are making fireball spells and in your projectiles uh, group, you can have uh, one one fireball and one like earth grenade and one like triple fireball that recursively goes forever. Yeah. Because you can make recursive spells in this game. Because yeah. a, a spell can trigger itself, and then it just triggers forever until you run out of mana. It's very easy to do infinite spells. Yes. Yeah. Well, the recursive. I, I mean, you will run out of mana pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it happens accidentally a lot. <laughs> um. I will. If uh, I don't know. I don't think I accidentally created any recursive spells. I it's definitely intentionally created some recursive spells. It's um, because you're actually organized about how you have your spells in your, your, in your spellbook, whereas I have them going every which way. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, the we should at some point we should probably go through like what all of the runes are, um, but let's do the story first because yeah. I have a lot to say about the story, uh, and we can talk about I guess like some of the main runes as you um, unlock them. Yeah. So as I say, it starts with you as Zia, young mage, burns down her village. Except you don't actually burn down the village; you start a fire in the village. This is important because the village burns down later. You light yeah. the village on fire. Uh, the, it's, it just occurred, it only is now occurring to me that theoretically this village burns down twice in the same story. But anyway. Yeah. 
Um, so you run off into the woods. You meet a mentor who, uh, like, decides to, like, he'll introduce you to the world of mages uh, and, like, make sure you can have control of your powers so you're not, like, a danger to yourself and others. Yeah. Um, and then he sends you on a sequence of missions which are kind of unrelated to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel... This is, like, one of my earliest, like, writing problems with the game is that there's kind of... For the first at least third of the game there's like no overarching goal of what you're supposed to be doing other than become a mage mm-hmm. uh, and so it's like the first quest is you go into some this forest to like defeat a giant tree monster uh, then you wood go wretch. a wood wretch yes and then you go to is the sky temple the second one I think so yeah, that sounds uh, right yeah Yes. Then you go up to the Sky Temple to retrieve a MacGuffin. MacGuffin. (laughs) Yeah, a shard of special glass of some kind. Um, And then there's at least one more, I think, before you start meeting the sages. Oh, there's the crypt. Then you then you like infiltrate the castle, and you go through the crypt, and you meet a necromancer boy. And it really seems like part of the plot's going to be about the you know the the mages and the necromancers don't trust each other and like who's really behind it and you know can they like put aside their distances and differences and work together but no nope. you, you pretty much never yeah. see that boy again yeah um, you never see like, anything about necromancer yeah ever again yeah. well you, you you bring him some some if you do a side quest you can bring him say, some he's, ghosts he's a side quest but that's about it yeah yeah uh and that's one of the areas where i think um I think there was some downscoping in the writing, and I think that that was one of the places where it happened. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then you are, then you go and you start meeting uh, four sages, <clears throat> so that you can uh, get like the four, four elemental essences, yeah. which is very arbitrary. It's not clear why it's very so important for you to get these essences, other than you're not a real mage unless you've done this although then later on it's also revealed that most mages don't use the same magic as Zia has been using even though I I don't know why that wasn't clear to them because there's there's a thing called celestial magic that is apparently a very bad thing and you shouldn't use it because only like the mad king used it and got um he got too like power hungry well they, they don't call him the mad king because he was all sweetness and light yeah no i know but like you know because of him this celestial magic is bad and yet apparently nobody can identify it well enough to notice that you're using it but i mean nobody uses it so they don't know it when they see it and the real thing is uh, like you're also you do very little with the rest of these mages like you you keep popping in to haven where they all hang out and they give you tasks and then they just tell you to fuck off and go do your tasks like they're I not around. Especially callous feeling from the mentor. Yeah, I, I expected that there was going to be a twist where the mentor turned out to be evil. The tw- there is a quote-unquote twist where it turns out that the spell book that you find early on ends up being evil. But you can't, in all fairness, call it a real twist. Because the spellbook speaks in a black cloud with a like horrible evil whispery voice, yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's pretty clear from the get-go that the spellbook is evil. Oh yeah, 
and 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 not only is the spellbook evil, but the spellbook is the Mad King himself. Yeah. So I figured early on, I figured, oh, the the spellbook must be the spellbook of the Mad King. Like that seems yeah. obvious. Uh, and then in the crypt level, they introduce this idea of, oh, there was a special uh, ancient mage who like was researching the power to like put uh mages souls into objects and i'm like oh so the spellbook is the mad king himself then yeah it's 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 pretty yeah it's telegraphed from like a mile away and they play it off like it's some revelation yeah i think this is a situation where they expected there to be more game between those clues and the 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 revelation maybe maybe you know there are a lot of situations yeah. where I feel that they expected there to be more game. I mean, there's there's a lot of game. The problem isn't that I feel like that there are a few scenes missing. The problem is that the whole thing feels very, very like unmotivated and unfocused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so you learn uh, you learn after the crypt that um, the oh god, and this is confusing. This is like needlessly confusing too. The chancellor is or no the the marquee or whatever mm-hmm. that the guy in charge is evil uh, and is secretly a mage maybe yeah. for like the last hundred years or so and and then but then he gets killed by his attendant who is also secretly an evil mage yeah I'm still uh, a little foggy on this one myself it's it's like, why why yes. are those two separate characters why are those not one character yeah. it's it's difficult yeah. I, and I, I have no clue. <laughs> uh, further interfering with the flow of this plot is the fact that as you go through it, you unlock the ability to unlock other abilities. Uh, which is, you know, appropriate Zelda-like behavior. It's obviously what they're going for. Um, but it means that, at least in theory, players might have a wildly different experience of the game's progression. Actually, has very little to do with like the the story beats, yeah. Because the story beats are very gated based on one another. Yeah. Um, so you like you can't do anything in the story out of order, and maybe it might take you longer to get from story beat one to two or whatever based on how much you're like going around and and messing with things. But and you might go through story beat three faster than expected, but they're still gonna ha- all happen to you in the same order. And that, like, doesn't excuse having two evil secret mage bad guys when you could just have one. Well, yeah, yeah, I just went for it and added a third. <laughs> well, yeah, they kind of did with the book, but I feel yeah. like... Yeah. I guess they sort of did. And the Why thing stop is, there? They, they never even show the Marquis. They yeah. only, like, he, they just, like, they talk about him, like, oh, he's bad, and he he's the guy who, you know, made the mages, like, forced them all underground. And then there's a scene where the, the counselor's like, oh, the... The, the Marquis is dead, and then nothing ever happens from that? Yeah, and he, like, he uses that to say, like, oh, mages set a fire and killed the Marquis, and so they're evil, and we must root them all out. And it's like, I don't know that you needed that inciting incident. Like, it seemed like the anti-mage sentiment was already pretty strong. Yeah, yeah with the like, eclipse and everything. Yeah, with the yeah. eclipse going on that people are erroneously blaming mages for, and the fact that, like, people still remember the Mad King and it's been outlawed for, you know, and scapegoated for years and years. Like, you didn't need an extra excuse to do, like, a mage purge. Yeah. Do you know, another thought occurs to me. 
it may have been that the intended progression through the game at some point in the drafting stage was that you get the essences first, then do the dungeons. Why? Because there's a couple of reasons I, I think that. First of all, I noticed that it's kind of a kind of a letdown when you get all the essences and you finally can do all the magics, all the different magics, and there's no game left at that point. You got you've got one boss fight. Uh, you know? I think that's pretty typical of a game like this. Sure, but but surely there's, surely so, there's you could have gotten. Be, there's got to be some power that you get last, right? Like if yeah. the whole if the whole game is continuously getting powers, there's got to be something that comes last. That's that's. It's the Zelda-like thing, but Zelda gives you a final dungeon to play with your powers in. You know, whereas, whereas with this, well, you, you know, you've you got just... the tower. This has got the final tower as the last dungeon. I mean, the tower the really tower. though is barely anything. It's I not know. a dungeon, yeah. And I'm it, like, I, the tower is like four I think rooms. It is intended to be. Yeah, the tower is like you fight. There's four rooms, and you fight uh, basically regular enemies, and then you have a boss fight. Yeah, and and you can see me getting let down on the stream. <laughs> if you watch it, I'm like, I expected, you know, dungeon and puzzles and things. So it it occurs to me that it may have been better uh, if the game had had done its dungeoneering after giving you all the magic. I mean, the dungeons are very competent. Like they each have a strong like identity and feel, and they're they're visually distinct, and they've got some of them have like some cool, interesting puzzles, and yeah. um, they do a pretty good job with the dungeons, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also a problem with like when you when you can already do a spell that kills everything on screen and like throws throws out hundred different projectiles everywhere and then you get an upgrade to that. Yeah. 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 Kind of whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and and that that's a side effect of making the really central upgrading runes be exploration items, so they can't really control when you get them. Yeah, that's fair. I, no, I I was reading, I don't. I was just like reading a like a Steam discussion about this, and someone suggested um, that maybe the thing that should be like the last thing you get actually should be um, the the trigger, like the impact. I think mm-hmm. it's called impact. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that should be the last thing that you get. Yeah. So because... impact. So there's. We should probably explain what yeah. those are. Um, so there's a series of runes called trigger runes. Uh, and what they do is they nest a spell inside another spell. So when a certain condition happens, they're basically programming if statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's when a certain condition happens, trigger this other spell. And that spell can be the same spell as this one if you want to be recursive. Mm, uh, but it sometimes. can also be it can also be any other spell that you want. Um, that you some made. asterisk. Yeah, not not every trigger works for every spell type. Yeah. Um, so the yeah your options for triggers are. Uh, trigger when cast, trigger on impact on something, trigger on proximity to something, and there's at least one more. Trigger regularly, and... Persistent. Yeah, persistent. And then there's also, like, trigger after a duration, I think. That's that's what I mean by persistent. It it periodically kicks, oh. it activates. Oh, uh, there's a trigger on end. Yeah, trigger on end. That's what I'm thinking of. End? Yeah, there's, there's one that, like, when the spell expires, it triggers. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So those are triggers, and yeah, Kelsey, you were saying like the the impact trigger should come last. Or I I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was basically a a, a discussion about how like man this trigger stuff 
can really, really break the game in oh. your in your favor. Yeah. And maybe, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it would be better if we held off on that. And yeah. uh, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. Because See, I would like to get the... It's also more complicated, right? Like, yeah. thinking about how they're going to interact with each other is probably, like, one of the most complicated parts of the games. But then so many of their quests on, like, what, like, how to unlock and do puzzles that require you, like, lighting torches in sequence and stuff require you to do those particular things that maybe it was, maybe that's why it's yeah. not at the end. Yeah, it's, and that's, that's like, the big, the big sticking point with it. But, man, I feel like, yeah, they, could, I feel like been... they could have done something other than uh, every puzzle just being, hey, light some torches. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't mind the puzzles too much, because I, I, some of them you have to be, like the one where you have to, to do inverse, I had to look this one up, where you have to do inverse um, uh, homing on uh-huh. yourself to push a barrel away from you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was great. That was, this is my kind of puzzle, you know? Some of the puzzles can be solved without the intended runes. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, there were a couple that I solved just by, like, doing really spammy tactics. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, rain and rain was my big breakthrough. I didn't yeah. get teleport until this, this morning. Yeah, I so. got teleport pretty late as well. Um, I think you can only get it late. I think the, it's triggered late. Oh yeah, that's actually, yeah, you're right. I remember looking it up because you get the, you get the broken portal stone, but the broken portal stone doesn't work until after you've completed, I think, the lava grotto. Which is, oh, which is, like, the second to last zone, I think, that, like, it's yeah. the last thing you do before the tower. Um, yeah, because yeah. teleport breaks a lot of the puzzles, so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. at least they put that last. <laughs> so my idea to fix this complexity, I didn't put much thought into that, was gate the, like, areas of the, what is it? Um, six-sided, maybe? Five-sided? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, of the, of the spell okay. grid. Oh. Of the spell, spell grid. So you can, can't can access the whole grid oh, at once. So, yeah, yeah, so you can only... That's cool. Yeah. Like or, that. or maybe you could somehow gate the depth of uh, of chains. Yeah. Like, you can only have one... You can ha- you get impact early, but you can only have impact installed on one spell. Mm-hmm. Well, you could still do recursion that way. Only with Maybe. itself. Though. I guess you could. I guess you could block recursion. You could say that a spell can't trigger itself. But yeah, yeah. you could also. Um, uh, like yeah, that, that. That would be a good thing to work towards. Like either you know the ability to to chain more spells or just the ability to put more stuff on your grid. Yeah. yeah. And that and that seems like a logical thing to put in narratively as well. Like, well, you're more powerful now, so you have more access to this because you've you know, completed these trials or leveled. Yeah. Something. Kitty, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so you go on these, you go on these trials uh, to meet meet the four sages. They give you four elements, which lets you customize at the beginning. Each of your different spell focuses start with a base element that they just all have to have it. So like instantaneous is all air based and, um, like projectile is only fire based, etc. Uh, but then, as you unlock elements, you can rearrange which ones are which. So you can throw, you know, stones instead of throwing fireballs, and you can make rock bridges instead of ice bridges, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is mostly useful for the like Zelda style gating stuff that they do, 
Like, you can't go to the... Well, okay, so I guess I should keep going in order. I'm getting, like, all over the place in terms of track here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first... The first sage is the Sage of Air uh, that you get to from... Glacius. Glacius. Sage of Aura. You you get to them after your village has been burned down, right? Yes, after you helped all the citizens escape. Yeah, so so the, the, the evil Marquis comes to your village... And burns it down for reasons? Question mark? Because it's not a mage village. Yeah. It's just a fucking village. Yeah. yeah. He burns it down because evil. Yeah. Yeah, but I also want to start make people angry about mages, right? Yes. I guess, but nobody in the village thinks that. Like everybody in the village knows that the the counselor or chancellor or whatever is the one who burned them down. Like there's no illusion. Yeah, as a propaganda me as a propaganda tactic, it's what hilariously ineffective. Yeah, um, that's the opposite thing. Yeah, which is make everybody in the town like gather around Zia and hate the, the chancellor. But whatever. Which, I gotta tell um, you, despots throughout history have tried that and had the same result. So the uh, so you escape from the burned down village through the mines, uh, and there you meet the sage of air. The power of air lets you fire like little tornadoes, which lets you turn um, turn little fans, which lets you get into the sunken canyon mine place, which is like a desert canyon that has these like uh, flooded mine shafts in it. Which I think that was the coolest environment. Oh, the that quarry. Was, yeah, mm-hmm. the quarry. Yeah, I like that the quarry too. Yeah, I, I should mention. Uh, I should mention that. Um, it does a lot more than add. Well, it does a little bit more than add uh, tornadoes. It, it changes. It has one substantive effect on your spells, but to all the others, uh, it turns their elemental damage type to lightning. Yeah. Which was a glorious moment for me because I had the lightning wand. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, the, the 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 fans is the thing that you gain that lets you get to a place that was yeah. gated. That's the gating uh, previously. Yeah. Um, so from the sunken quarry. You get the water uh, element, yeah. which what does water let you do that you couldn't do before? Cold ice shields. Yeah. Uh, oh, but you ice could already, shields. Uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, no, you couldn't do ice shields before. Yeah, that's right. And that allows so, you to turn. Yeah, that allows you to reflect beams of light, yeah. which gets you into the dwarf mines, um, which are they called dwarf mines or did I make that up? I think I remember. Yeah, yeah I think I hey, you never actually see dwarves. They're just the crystal yeah. mines. Okay. Um, so yeah, you go into the, the magic crystal mines, uh, and you can, that's got a lot of puzzles that involve reflecting beams of light around the place. Uh, and then that gives you the fire element, or sorry, the, the earth element. Uh, and the earth element lets you create stone bridges, which you need to get across the lava, um, in the fire spirit area. Uh, and then you get the fire element. And then you travel to the evil black tower, and the four sages are gating your path up the tower. So you like you have a first fight against the chancellor, and when you win it, then you start climbing the tower. And on each level of the tower, the sage is there to be like, okay, you got thing X, you may proceed. And I'm like, why are you trying to stop me from proceeding? Didn't you want me to defeat this guy? Yeah, there's there's also the thing that I think the first this, the air sage mentions where like they're unable to leave their they're place of power, yeah. but then I mean they could just be like projecting themselves 
into... I'm getting a legacy legacy writing kind of feel for this. Maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah, they don't explain yeah. why they're in the tower if they're unable... Because they say specifically, oh, that's why we don't go fight him ourselves. Yeah. Is because we can't leave these locations. That was the price we paid to be, like, basically immortal. Um, and... But then they show up in the dark tower, but only to tell you that you did a good job and may proceed. Yeah, um, it's... It's right, something, whatever. yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to the top of the tower, and you have, like, a big epic fight um, in the, like, up in the observatory with the, the stars whirling all around. Uh, and you defeat, so you defeat the bad guy, and then the, like, big sage who is, like, the coolest sage from the haven, the, the mage haven, comes in and was like, congrats, you did it. And then the spell book was like, wahaha, I've been evil this whole time. And this was all part of my evil plan, and, and now I'm going to take over your body. And then he takes over the mage and disappears, and that's the end of the game. It's yeah, great. Yep, it's, you know. it's, it's, and, and the thing is, like, his, his motivation with teaching her celestial magic isn't, isn't that bad, because he, he did it in such a way that she didn't know she was learning celestial magic, so she wasn't corrupted by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which she didn't doesn't. Become power hunter. Yeah, which didn't doesn't no. seem like a bad guy thing. But then he takes over I, the I don't sage's body. It's like, what is this? Yeah. Well, I don't think he's strictly all a bad guy. I yeah, think that, no. I think that he's been, his madness has been somewhat mitigated by living in a book. For I like mean, half I don't know. He does possess someone and like leave, vowing to rule the world again at the end. So what's That's the true. point if there's if the game ends? Yeah, well, the, the I mean, I, I was going to say, I assumed the intention was to have a sequel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The, you know, what? it's stupid, but what pissed me off the most about that was that it was the um, the enchanter from the, the Haven. Because he's the only character in the entire game that has an interesting character design. Mm. Like, he looked cool. He's this weird, like, Man, sort of it. lizard thing, but with, yeah. like, a flat face with a mask. And, and I'm like, he that's a cool visual. Yeah, he mentions at some point that, like, he did that because of some spell backfire. Like, he looks like that because of magic backfiring on him some way, but that it's not really elaborated upon at all. Yeah. But he looks rad, whereas, like, every other character in this game, like, if you asked me to pick Mentor out of a crowd of characters, oh, of, like, NPCs in the game, I would not be yeah, able to. No, not He's at all. He's the most generic-looking dude. And, yeah. like, Zia's the only redhead, but, like, I, I, maybe the Chancellor has, like, some, some remotely memorable facial hair, but uh, mo for the most part, the characters are, like, utterly unmemorable. But the Enchanter was cool-looking, so I was really disappointed that he got taken over. Yeah. The Enchanter, I felt, also had some actual characterization. Like, no, none of the characters really had personality, but he at least had the thing where he had his garden, and he would get real mad at you if you stepped on the plants. Yeah. Yep. And that, that's something, man. That's, what that's more writing than anyone else gets. So, writing is not the strength here. Yeah, no. the Mentor has, like, the weirdest character... Because he's, like, supposed to be super grouchy and, like, but is, like, negging you the whole time. Yeah, yeah, he just comes off as an asshole. Yeah, and it's, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, grouchy but has a heart of gold, but they never really get to the heart of gold part. Yeah, and they, I don't I don't know if they sort of explain it away by saying that he, too, had a mishap with magic and he, 
for some reason, like, lost a bunch of his powers and he can really only do basic, like, the basicest, basic stuff. Is that in there somewhere? I missed it's, that. It's in there somewhere and I can't remember where, but it's like, somebody just says it to you. I <laughs> like, think. one of the I sages says it to you or, or, um, the, like, one of, one of the sages or enchanters, I think, probably the enchanter says it. Someone says it to you. That would explain why he's got to send you all over the damn valley to do his dirty work. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's just... Yeah, the writing in this game could be better. Yeah. yeah. There could be more of it, and it could be better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both quality yeah, I, would, I would be fine with it being the same amount, but better. But yeah, there also could be more of it. Um, There's also, since we're talking about weird little... Uh, writing things that we have problems with. There's, uh, so mentor sends you off to Haven, and you pick up the the spell book, which contains the Mad King on your way there, and nobody, like you're supposed to get a spell book when you get there. Nobody questions the fact that you just found a spell book in the woods. Yeah, the conflict never comes that, up, and you know? that you learned how to use the basic spells. That you didn't know before. Without being taught. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody, nobody mentions that. He just says, oh, well, we were going to make you a spell book, but I guess but you already I, have one, yeah, so... Yeah, I see you already have one. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, Mentor clearly isn't teaching her these things, so why isn't he so surprised that she keeps getting just more powerful with... Maybe yeah. we'll may just do that. Maybe. And just none of them bothered to <laughs> save the world. <laughs> why does... It's like, yeah. You're beginning. When, uh, the, the writing gaps give rise to many plausible theories about why the mage's system collapsed. <laughs> yeah, they're just not paying very much attention. They're just not. They don't have they their. Don't they don't have their game on. The other person is using celestial magic. I I did not really realize until that like last conversation with the chancellor and the spellbook that celestial mass magic was even like an unusual thing. I thought that's the magic that all mages used, because there's a section in, like, the Sky Tower, where they talk about how magic comes from the stars, and, like, when there's eclipse, everyone's magic goes haywire. Yeah. So, I, like, I didn't realize that celestial magic was a bad thing. And there's also... Yeah, that realization was delayed for me, but I didn't, I didn't, I picked it up before the end. And there, there's also the thing where, uh, when you're fighting the Chancellor, who has been secretly learning... Uh, celestial magic, therefore he is the bad man. Mm. Also, because of other reasons, I guess, he's the bad man. But he, he powers up a spell and it gives you this, like, puzzle grid that you see periodically yeah. throughout the game. Mm-hmm. As, you know, generally it's a lock on a door, uh, that gets you, you know, upgrade stuff. But he's using that, or you have to use that to, to negate his magic. So is that also celestial magic? And all of the doors in the world are locked with celestial magic? And I, nobody I think just... maybe that's, <laughs> that's what they're they going said, for. They said mages of the past, like, used those runes to, to lock up their stuff. That was the, the diegetic explanation for those... The, those ah, puzzles. but who gave that to you? Did the book tell you that? <clears throat> I guess the book told us that, so uh, who the fuck knows? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we feel yeah, about this? Don't have your don't have your goddamn tutorial guide lie to me. That's just confusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, those puzzles. I I, I like a lot. That was like one of my favorite things about the game was doing those puzzles. Yeah, they were. They weren't bad. Uh, some of them, like eventually, they became very large, and I at that point had very little need 
to upgrade my health or magic anymore because like I had found some spells that work for me and they did it efficiently and I wasn't running out of magic too much like to a point where I was getting frustrated so I just uh, it started ignoring them kind of yeah, after a while some of, them only, some of them don't don't always give like there's runes behind some of them yeah but, but uh, I didn't need the runes soul. either really so, so that's another thing I wanted to mention do they ever tell you what soul beads are for purple soul beads uh, or do you have to just figure it out? I think you have to ju- just figure it out, maybe. It's, I think It's pretty obvious, because there's two huge wells in Haven, and if you interact with them at all, they're like, give me a soul bead and I'll upgrade your mana, and give me a soul bead and I I'll think, upgrade your health. I think, um... I mean, I know that they talk about the green and purple soul beads uh, in relation oh, yeah. to them formerly being currency, or still yeah. being currency. Yeah, and that the purple um, ones are more powerful than the green ones. Yeah, but I don't know if they ever explicitly say, if you go take them to the fountains, then you can upgrade your maybe, stuff. Maybe the girl by the fountain tells you when you first arrive. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. that could be. Um, you know, you know what they never tell you about is that there's an area behind the meeting place in Haven where the like telescope is. Oh yeah. So you I've... have to go to it towards the end of the game, and I did not know it existed. Yeah, I found it, I, I don't know, like at the beginning of the game, I was pretty thorough about exploring stuff, uh, so I found it that way, but... Uh, yeah, that's how I found it. Eventually, too. I stopped being that thorough, which is what I stopped, <laughs> stopped caring about uh, doing puzzles as much as well. Yeah. So. I was always... I was always excited to see the puzzle door, because I was like, oh, yay, I get to do another one of these puzzles. Yeah, the yeah, puzzle I, I doors... Those. Oh, go on. Oh, I, was, I, I liked those. I think some of the value of, of satisfi- satisfaction of completing them was robbed from me, because um, they're actually the same as, the, as some of the hacking in Warframe. <laughs> so I already knew a, a lot of those grids I already knew how to do. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I... It's, the the puzzle doors did not wear out their welcome nearly as quickly as the light three torches puzzles, which <laughs> I stopped doing very quickly. I was like, yeah, you know what? It's fine. It's okay. It's if fine. I if need, I yeah if I need to do this, I'll come back and do it. But I'm not gonna go out of my way. But you I mean... also know that you don't need to do it because they're all exploration things. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't need to complete the game. The biggest problem it does for me was that. You have you have to make a new spell to mm-hmm. beat them. At least one new spell. Usually yeah, sometimes, several. Sometimes multiple. Yeah, my my issue with them was that I would get to one of them and I'd like analyze the situation for a while and then I would come up with a solution. I'd be like, Oh, I see. You need to do like shoot here and then shoot another one here and curve that and do it like this and then a backwards and that'll work. And then I would go through the pr- trouble of making those spells and then it wouldn't work because it would be off by like a tiny little bit because that wasn't exactly how you were supposed to do it. Yeah, that... I'd be like, fuck you, puzzle! Yeah, that was an issue I had with them as well is that they're not... Like, I feel like a good puzzle should not require any sort of input precision to execute. It's like the portal school of thought where if, if solving a puzzle in portal... If the approach you're thinking of requires you to, you know, execute a lot of, like, platforming or quick movement, then that's probably the wrong solution. Uh, and I, I feel like they could have maybe brought 
that philosophy into dealing with some of these puzzles because a lot of these puzzles like you have to you know move very quickly or you have to aim very precisely and it, it on top of you also need to use the correct spells and it's like ah, yeah i don't want to do this <laughs> i like it when a puzzle makes me feel clever and there were a lot of times with these puzzles where i felt clever when i was when I came up with something, and then the game told me I wasn't clever, and that made me sad. Yeah. Yeah. It was a letdown. I, um, I don't know what the... I guess tighter puzzling. Uh, and maybe also, it's interesting, Kelso, that you had the experience of not really caring about the rewards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, making the rewards more stimulating, and that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's sort of where I come down. I think that a major... I think that the... The aggregate that occurs to me now, the major development pass that I would have made is make it so you can only, so you can only have one trigger deployed. Like, whatever that trigger is, you can only have it in one place in your entire spell book. Oh, yeah. Because that would, that would motivate you to do creative things like rain so you can have damage over time. Mm -hmm. And it would also motivate you to get all the secrets so you can get more triggers. Yeah. But that would also, also mean that you had to like deconstruct the spell to make a new one. Yeah, and that that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I'm at the point where I had to do that anyway. Yeah, no, I like the idea of you just you just limit it to a depth one. Like you cannot, as a as a uh, target for your trigger, you can't target any spell that has a trigger in it, and then that solves it, right? Then you can only have depth one, and then you're forced to do some more creative things rather than which I I did, and I assume probably everybody did, which is like any time I had a good new spell. I would just add it to the chain of triggering all my good spells. Yeah, but the thing is, I liked that. I liked my batshit spell chains. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you, could yeah. Do, you could do interesting things with the remaining runes. The thing is, like, the most it, like interesting things I came up with were, like, experimenting, which I didn't feel like I ever had to do because the basic obvious stuff and triggers was just so OP. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, like I yeah. found that I found the that you could combine rain with throwing rocks to get a really high lobbed in like thrown stone, and then like explode on impact would made made like cool grenades, but then I like just went back to using my regular fireball that just chained everything together because it was just better. Yeah, and it so was... I kind of stopped doing that like a lot of fireballs. Yeah. Because it took so long time. If you're like, you're killing enemies, and then you wait, you have to go, and you wait for the recharge of your mana, and then you... Yeah. So I, I started just doing like, a high damage single target. Interesting. So, so that is it. What, what spell did you settle on for that? What was your, what was your go-to spell? Um, I did a fireball with a duplicate, with a size on. So I guess yeah, so five. five. Yeah, and then they triggered an impact. On impact, they triggered like the instant. I I ended up doing a similar thing, except I used ice instead of yeah. fire with mastery, so that it freezes yeah. freezes enemies I, in place or has a chance I, to. I did the same thing, except that so it was like <clears throat> fireball, but and when it on impact, it triggers through a chain of instants that goes through each of the elements. So, like, the fireball is the first fire, and then it does an instant earth, and then it does an instant ice, and then it does an instant electric. Yeah, my uh, my solution, by the way, to the mana drain problem, and I don't know, like, this doesn't work consistently, as we discovered with Kyla, uh, was the random 
random rune. Uh, uh, yeah, I I didn't make use of that one very much, and I probably could have played with it more, but well, it's it's hard to use. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I and it also is wildly inconsistent. I'm looking at the wiki, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six different impacts that it has, but um, pretty much all of them have some effect of either giving you back mana, or they it it, it fixes your mana economy, uh, as long as you're willing to miss with some of your spells. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the we should probably talk about the rune system in a little more detail, um, <clears throat> because there there are some complexities to it. There's the the different elemental focuses, um, but there's also like different behaviors which include like moving or um, duplicating things like that. Uh, and then there's like augments which can be applied to specific behaviors to change those behaviors, but it's pretty unclear with the augments when they're affecting just a specific behavior and when they're affecting an overall spell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, random when linked with ether reduces, gives you the mana cost reduction with no drawbacks. Oh, interesting. Which sounds like a bug to me. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, I, I, cause random only affects whatever it's pointing at and ether doesn't do anything. Yep. So that, this is the thing I, that you and I were debating I was like, I wonder if I link it to ether if, or the center like element if just nothing will happen. And you were like, I bet that it has to trigger uh, that that behavior in order for the random to have a chance of triggering. And I'm like, oh, that sounds reasonable. That's probably right. But no. <laughs> yeah, that's not what the wiki says anyway. So interesting. Yeah, yeah there's it, and, and it produces interesting and diverse spell effects. Another thing that might have uh, might have put things under control for players is making it so that spells damage you. At which point we're basically playing we're magic. We're basically playing, your, your playing own magic, spell. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're not gonna you're not gonna light the universe up with fireballs uh if if there's a chance that you can I, I prefer that it doesn't though. <laughs> like, yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think that you have to like I magic mean, is even funny in, because you're you're with doing it with your friends. Even yeah. in magic I guess sort of quickly get the point where you can just destroy everything if you want. Yeah, but in Magicka, the, the balance against that is destroying everything and not destroying yourself. Yeah. Yeah, in Magicka, you it's real easy to self-kill or team-kill. That's um, how balance against your so world-shattering abilities. Since you, have the, since you have the wiki open, do you want to read to us what the different what all the different runes are? Sure. <clears throat> sure, known runes. First one on the list is at once. Uh, which so I made. Are these the these are the triggers first, yeah. right? Uh, okay. I'll, you want me to do them by type? I can do them by type. Yeah. Well, just tell us what the types are before you yeah do each category. Okay. So let's do augment. Mm-hmm. Uh, augment inverse, which is available on all spell types and. Which fires backwards or reverses something? Among other things, yes. Uh, it it inverses it reverses some parameter of the behavior that it's attached to. Most notably, if you attach it to homing, it pushes things away from the. It revert. It pushes things away from you instead of sl- slurping them into you. Uh, the next augment is left, which I was so stoked to get, and which actually turned out to be kind of a disappointment. Left makes things go left of you. If you put them on move, it makes them curve around left of you. I think. I'm not sure I actually did that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it does. Curls around. Yeah. Yeah, think... we we tried it with if you so with left and right. If you just attach it to the spell, it goes at a perpendicular line to you. If you attach it to the move rune, it goes at a curve from you. Yeah, and I had I was really dying through through when I first because right is one of the first runes you get, 
And I was hoping, oh, sweet, when I get left, I'll be able to cast a spell that snakes back and forth. Oh. Which would have been and awesome. That it, and that it doesn't do that. It does not do that. That's unfortunate. I assume I it just they just cancel each other out, and it goes straight. They do. They just cancel. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Then random, of course, which is really just... Uh, it, it, it causes a parameter of the spell to behave. If you have it attached to the spell native, it sends the spell in a random direction sometimes, uh, and then it does rand- it randomizes. Like, sometimes homing will actually go away from the target, mm-hmm. or, you know, like, bounce will bounce way off into the distance or whatever. Uh, but the idea with random is that it gives you... Uh, it reduces your cost. It reduces your mana costs. Mm-hmm. It says that it refunds mana, but that's not exactly right. Oh, you can't put random on bumps. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, so you can't put random on bounce. So there you go. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. They... It's, it's Some of the runes are... It's not a matter of, like, um, this is illegal. The yeah. runes are, when you place them on the grid, they have a series of connecting arrows, so it's kind of a puzzle to to arrange them. And some runes just don't have arrows in the correct direction that they could be connected to other runes. And this is one of the things they did brilliantly, because that system... Yeah, that's, a cool, that's a cool system. That's, mm-hmm. like intuitive and it doesn't feel like it's locking you off from things even though it's locking you off from things yeah. and even I mean, it's also how you open doors yeah it's a really cool system but i never had an issue where i couldn't fit what i wanted onto <laughs> what i wanted <laughs> yeah yeah i had a few uh there and there are straight denials like um the next one is size and that's available for all all uh Types. spells for all um foci uh, and it's it just, also one that is size. Oh, go on, explain. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And size is probably my favorite, and it's, it's just always worth having. It's just the thing, but more. More, yeah. more, more thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's. You know what? I never tried it on making a duplicate of myself. Does it make a big duplicate? Oh, um, I never it makes tried a big. Yeah, it makes a big duplicate. Sweet. <laughs> that's adorable. This is uh, a giant yeah. statue of Zia, <laughs> so, made out of fire or electricity. The um, oh, there was something I was gonna say about size. Uh, oh, the it the thing it does to the stone bridge is like not what you'd expect, and I was like really like un- there's a few spells where it's like they clearly want you to figure out through experimentation that you can do this thing because then you have to use it to solve a bunch of puzzles or get to areas and this is one of those one of them is like sliding around which is if you put move on self you can do like a dash um which i feel like is unintuitive but this one is if you put uh stone on like uh lasting area cast uh, then you you get a bridge and if you put size on it then you get a tall bridge that lets you walk across things of like uh at a height which it's useful, like, twice? Yeah. Twice, exactly twice, you called it. Um, you know what I think would have helped? That would have encouraged experimentation? A, a mini window that just, just shows the spell as you're building it. Yeah, oh. like a little preview? Yeah, a little preview yeah. window. You know, so you don't have to build the spell and then go back out and cast the spell and then try to remember which spell you're casting. Yeah, that and, would have been good. And try to figure out exactly, like, which piece is the piece that you need to fix... <sighs> Exactly. Yeah. A preview. That would have that would have made yeah, the experience. Yeah, preview as you like every time you click a new rune into place, it switches the preview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have helped a lot. Yeah. That oh boy, that's a simple thing, but 
It's one of those um, things. It's, it's like an it's area map. Simple, that would have been it's nice. less simple than you think because I don't think like it. There's too many combinations for you to do that pre-rendered. So you'd have to do it procedurally. Yeah, you do and that. That yeah. might be a little. But you tricky. have to do that. You have to do that anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It might be. It might be a little tough. Maybe not. I, I think it, I think there's room in the window for that. That would have that would have encouraged a little a little broader experimentation. Anyway, the next uh, uh, augment on the list is time, which just increases the duration of things. Yeah, size and time. Bigger and bigger. We, we probably and should have started with the behaviors and not the augments. Since well, the augments augment the behaviors, but well, we're we're on to behaviors now. Okay. So, uh, so time. Well, actually, before time, okay. there's so many times I have no idea what time does. What does time do with bounce or with homing or? Yeah. Uh, well, with homing, um, well, let me double check. I think it makes homing worse, actually. Uh, but uh... homing is weird because if you have homing uh, on move, then it uh, it tries to get the like if you cast a fireball or something, it tries to get it to hit the enemy. But if the enemy is in like exactly the wrong spot, it can It'll make just the orbit spell... them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just circle them forever. Yeah, you know what? The wiki doesn't have a comprehensive list of all the effects it does, but just in general, it makes things go like for longer if they have a duration of any kind. Mm-hmm. You know, so is it's it actually also... not all that useful when you get it, but down the line, it, it starts to matter. We're missing an augment because isn't there also a swift augment? No, that's not that an augment. Behavior? That's a that's a behavior. Okay, that's a behavior. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's behaviors. the biggest category. Okay, so here we go. So uh, behavior, the first behavior is bounce, which. I'm still a little foggy on its effects on anything other than Actus. Yeah. Well, what's, what's it? What's it allowed for? Uh, only. Well, let me double check. It might only be Actus. That might be why I don't know. Uh, bounce. Yeah, it can only work on Actus. Oh, okay. There it makes go. your Actus balls bouncy instead of flying. Yeah, Actus is the uh, projectile. Yeah, combined with move, with move, homing, and rain for best results. Um, it's not really. It's one of those things that is not adequately afforded. See, it's, it's one of those things, it's like if I had to use it, I could find ways to use it, but there's just better options. Carl's right. That's, okay. Why would you use it? Okay, so sorry, next uh, is uh, detonate, uh, which is only usable on MADI, and that's a gating thing. It just lets you blow up specifically designated objects. Mm-hmm. As yeah, far as Imedi, I know, it doesn't. being the instant one. I guess we should say, uh, yeah, Imedi is instant. Uh, Actus, Actus is, is throw. Uh, Creo is um, like swath. swath lasting things usually used to make bridges, yeah. uh, and then ego is self. Is self, yeah, in some manner. Then there's uh, the next one is duplicate, uh, which is only good for ego and actus. And when used on ego, it makes a duplicate of yourself, uh, which is great. You need it for all kinds of puzzles, and it also just draws enemy fire very effectively. Mm-hmm. And I actually I got a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah, because oh. if, if enemies are closer to the decoy than they are to you, they'll just attack the de- decoy. Yeah, and, and you can put, like, proximity triggers on it, so it, like, explodes into <laughs> yeah, fireball. So when, yeah, so when people. they touch it, it explodes. Rains misery on them, yeah. Um, it also works with Actus. You can duplicate, uh, you can make more fireballs or more balls, more spheres. Um, uh, the next one is Ether, which, Ether... Yeah. Ether. Ether. So oh. ether is the uh, the every every direction one. Oh yeah, so yeah. It doesn't ether actually do doesn't, anything. Yeah, ether does nothing. But in the little grid, it's got an arrow on every single side, so you can use it to connect runes that 
would be tough to make work otherwise. Oh, I will say it does do one thing. It it increases your mana costs. I was wondering whether it did that or not. I believe having more runes generically yeah. does that. But yeah, it increases mana costs. So you don't want to use it if you can possibly avoid it. Yeah. So that Okay, well that's fine. That returns value to the puzzle. Then there's homing, which should be kind of obvious. Yeah. Um, it's only available on Actus and Ego. When, it, when you put it on Ego, it, it draws things towards you. Yeah. Uh, when, when you cast the spell. And when you put when you put it on Actus, it causes your your spheres of death to to close in on enemies. It's using some kind of conic uh, conic acquisition with a very shallow turn radius. It's absolutely possible to put things in perfect perfect Newtonian orbit around an enemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, which happens pretty often. Yeah, Hilariously, often. if you if you use homing without move uh, and just with teleport, it actually works much better. Yeah. Yeah, it does, because it just creates the spheres, and then they just sort of slowly wander toward the enemy and detonate. Yeah. Because um, they're not going a... they're not going forward and towards the enemy, they're just going towards the enemy. Uh, I wish so I'd known about that less. sooner. Yeah, that, that would... That, that, that sounds like it would have been helpful to know. Um, another mechanically robust one, Mastery. That's the next one. Mm, yes. Mastery gives a special uh, status effect to whatever... Um, uh, essence you're using with the with the spell. So fire, it does damage over time. Yep, it's burning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lightning, which is my favorite, causes the causes lightning arcs to nearby enemies. Yep, that's chain. Um. Ice is freeze. Ice freeze it freezes them. Yeah. Tracks. Yeah. Uh, a chance for freeze. It's not certain. Yeah. But if you throw five five active fireballs at somebody, they're gonna get. Frozen. I was gonna say I think yeah. all of these are technically um like they're chance not. procs. None of them are guaranteed. Yeah, they're chance procs, but they seem like they proc very frequently, so... Yeah. Yeah. And Ego, Ego knocks them down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not uh, the Earth, you mean. So did we all go through the phase where you start attacking by just ramming into people using Ego move? Uh, That's no, my I, favorite I'm... attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you can do that, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't do that a lot. When I did it, it mostly happened by mistake. Yeah, Carl. Carl, what about you? Did you did you start I mean, doing that? A little bit, but not really. Okay, I was so spamming dashing around. Yeah. All the game, and I had like trigger on impact to an instant. Yeah. Yeah, I like to do that um, because it's really good for. There's a type of enemy that's like a shaman. Um, that. He agonims uh, you. Yeah, he, he catches your fireballs if you try and throw fireballs, and if you get too close to him, as if you're moving regularly, he teleports away. Um, but if you slide into him, then you can hit him before he moves. Plus, if you have uh, knockdown equipped, you can knock him on his butt. Mm-hmm. And then you can hit him some more. Wow. Um, so both Kyla and I had this phase where we realized, why dodge away from the enemy? <laughs> when you can dodge <laughs> towards them. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's good because the enemies don't they're not passive damage sources. You can you can brush up against them, and it won't hurt. They only damage you on an attack. Yeah. So it's just as effective to dodge into a clump of enemies as it is to dodge away from them. Asterisk, the dark enemies will mess you up. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Those guys yeah, suck. I, I was going to say, as a sidebar, they actually do... A, I, feel, I feel like they did a really good job of enemy diversity in this, where it really feels like all the different types of enemies are pretty different and yeah. there's like a different strategy for working with them 
asterisk until you have like crazy OP spells. Yeah, until until you can blow them all up with one spell. Yeah. Um, but, but like, the... there's like the ones that charge that you have to like get out of the way. There's like the fo- ones that follow you that you have to like fireball. There's ones that throw things that you have to go to them. There's the teleporting sages. There's the little explodey ones that you have to like just bait them until they stop and then get out of their range before they explode. You can kill them first. I know. You can kill them first. It's just usually I never do. <laughs> like, yeah. I know I can, but I don't. I uh, I was reminded of a of a Doom moment when I figured out that I could ram people with move. Yeah. With move and mastery. I, in, in Doom, I ran screaming uh, away from enemies until I got the chainsaw, at which point I still ran screaming, but not away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The next one is Move, by the way, the next listing, yeah. uh, which is available for everything except Amity. Um, and it, it just, it makes whatever, it, if you cast on Ego, it makes you move. It makes you scoot across the map. Um, if you put it on Creo, it makes the swath lumber out in front of you. Yeah, it means that instead of making, like, a big pad of ice, you make a bridge of ice that you can then, like, cross rivers with, which is nice. Yeah, and and its effect on Actus with the fireball should be fairly obvious. Yes. The next one I have questions about. The next one is Overcharge, and I can't get that to work. I don't know if I... I don't know why. I put it on the thing, but then I never tried to actually use it. (laughs) Yeah. That one I didn't dabble with too much. I don't think it got that one. I, I got Overcharge... But it, instead of every time I put it on like a complex spell and held the button down, she just kept casting as she normally would. Yeah. The, oh, that's uh, the overcharge. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. get that to work either. It's supposed to be yeah. if you hold down the button, the spell will be powered up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I, you know what it is. The same when thing happened to me. Any... I... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that I uh, the same thing happened to me was I tried it once and it didn't work, so I forgot about it. When used yeah. with any trigger room, the spell cannot be charged. Okay, so you so, can charge triggers, trigger spells. Yeah, so lame. No wonder nobody used it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when linked with at once, wait, that doesn't make any sense. At once is a trigger room. Even the wiki is inconsistent on this one. <laughs> yeah. So I think overcharge is not thoroughly debugged. Uh, the last, the next behavior is push. Uh, it's only available for uh, Emidity, and I didn't use it much, but it's actually a pretty good ability. Um, it just shoves the enemy, mm-hmm. like if they're hit by the spell. They're they're pushed away from the point of impact, I think. I don't know, Dave, maybe you guys used it. Oh, yeah, I think I did use it. Um, it's it's a very slight knockback, if it's what I'm thinking. Um, and I did, a, I did, like, in the final tower, get to push a few people off into lava with it. <laughs> um, nice. Deeply but... satisfying. But it overall, it like didn't make a huge difference. Yeah, it's only available on a MIDI anyway. So I guess you yeah. could do a super push with like ego, um, ego mastery, and then link that back to an MIDI with uh, with push. Yeah. Well, remember my fireballs are linked to three different MIDI spells, so like I was able to yeah to push. Mm-hmm. But as I say, it wasn't a huge enough knockback that I felt like it made a difference. So the next one is Rain, uh, which was compelling enough that I experimented with it. It makes your spell fall from the sky. It's available for Actus and Kreia. So, yeah, stuff falls which, from the sky. Yeah, I, as I say, I made some fun dirt grenades with it, but 
it was not more effective than the thing I already had, so... I made it rain dirt. This was not effective, but it was fun. I know, yeah. it's like, this is just more annoying than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does, uh, if you have mastery linked into making it rain dirt, then it will actually knock, it will actually stunlock the enemies. Oh, oh okay, yeah, that's... Uh, at that, least I that think is... it's... Well, yeah. yeah, maybe. So, yeah, the the problem is it's really easy to find a good local maximum with these where you find something that works well enough and then everything else you try that's similar is like not as good so you just stop experimenting. Yeah. Um even though there's probably some stuff that if you experiment a lot you could find some really interesting combinations. Yeah. But the game does not do enough to really encourage you to do that level of experimentation. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Like when you have a spell that kills everything on screen and you have a spell that like one shots every single enemy. Yeah. You don't need much more than you need. Although you can you could make a spell that does both those things. <laughs> it's interesting. I feel like Magicka actually um encouraged that kind of experimentation a little more yep. because it did it just straight up didn't tell you at all what you would get until you put it together. And it didn't explain type weakness either, and there was no way to override it. Mm-hmm. So you'll come up against an enemy that's immune to, I don't know, water and water-ice combo, which is what gets you through the first, like, half of the game. Yeah. But then you come up against an enemy that can't get, can't get either can't be got wet or can't be frozen, and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. And, and this game does have, uh, like, type immunities, but you can completely override that if you have the proper wand. Yeah, so and there's not, not even immunities, they're just yeah. resistances. Oh, I thought they were I thought they were immunities. Okay. No, they're just resist they take less damage from certain elements. But hmm. yeah. yeah. You can A, you can you can get wands that you can equip that negate they power up a certain element and negate all uh, resistance to that element. And B, eventually you can just like have all the elements on everything. Mm-hmm. Because you can set any element to any spell. I like B though so. as a solution. I think that's that's fine, and uh, maybe that's just um, my Warframe tweak enthusiast mentality. Uh, but like, because I, I already that's that's one of my favorite things to do in a lot of different games uh, is mm-hmm. to figure out how to get all the different elemental affordances in there, so you can so you can maximize your your breadth of effectiveness, so you don't have to use more than one spell or weapon. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually liked that quality about it. Um, the next, the next behavior. Is there anything else on to talk about on? Um... Oh no, that was okay. just an aside. Or sorry, that was rain. Next, next one is swift, uh, which is supposed to make you cast faster, but I don't. I never felt like it did much. Yeah, same. I don't Let's know see. if I ever even got that one. I might have missed that one. It's a there's a portal. You have to. It's after Haven is burned down. Yeah. Um, and the wiki doesn't even have an entry for its not, mechanical. Not Haven, right? Greyleaf. Oh, Greyleaf. Yeah. yeah. Close enough. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, none Haven of, might as well get places, burned down. Yeah, none yeah. of these places or people really matter. So. Yeah. You know, uh, so, um, next room. Uh, teleport, uh, which is the one I didn't get at all until after I beat the game. Uh, and it, that just makes whatever... It, it's, it's actually available on... Uh, Immediate Actus and Cryo. You can't do it on Ego because that would allow you to teleport yourself, which was <laughs> immediately where my brain went when I realized there was a teleport. Spell. Yeah, same. But no. Yeah. 
It's not that's not allowed. And all it means is that the spell in question does not travel towards the target point. It just appears at the target point. This is where having a mouse helps because you it interacts weirdly with random and, and time and uh, move. But with a mouse, you can choose very exactly where the thing where the spell appears. Hmm. Yeah, if you have if you have um, teleport and move, you actually at least on controller you miss enemies more often. Yeah. Uh, because it, like, teleports the spell to where the enemy is and then starts it moving, which means it misses. Yeah. Um, so if you actually take move off and just do teleport, then you just, like, incinerate. And you can do it from behind walls. So you can, like, take cover and still hit enemies with fireballs. You can hit them around the corner. I will say that the teleport move thing does help in, like, the arena. You, you, you've got a column of enemies following you and you just target the lead one. Yeah. Teleport homing works in that case. That too, yeah. Uh, but teleport move also works in that. It's just, I think you're right. I think generally it's a probably a mistake. That's all the behaviors, by the way. Okay. And then there's the triggers, which we already talked about a bit. Um, yeah. So that's all the runes. As you can, as you can see, slash here, um, there, there's a lot of them and there's potential for a lot of different combinations by putting them in different focuses and using different element, uh, yeah, different element types and combining different, uh, augments on different behaviors and there's just there's a lot you can do with it but like there's not a reason to do very much with it which is a yeah. shame and yeah. also there are a couple things that they could could have done like my preview is, is a nice idea but the other idea I had was that it would be nice if when you have a rune in your when you're in your spell book and you have a spell selected it would be nice if it would show at least the first layer of everything that that or of, of what that's triggering what that triggers to so if you have a spell trigger uh, to another spell, I'd like it to show that. Yeah, I mean, they show the element of it, at least, so you can get, like, a general idea. But yeah. and they don't if you hold you... on to it, it tells you which one. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you go into it. And it also, it actually tells you which school and element tells you, I think. No, just, I you're right, I think it's school. just the element. Yeah, yeah, it's just the element, so... A little more information like that, so I could follow my like spell threads. Uh, not not really. I wouldn't. That wouldn't change how I initially did things because I'd love to just randomly just to jackass around in my spell book, like fill my spell book up with with crazy triggers and spells and just let them go and see what happens. But the uh, a little more information on what has happened when something cool happens. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like what the hell did I just do? You know, so. Uh, that, that's that's the other thing. And the, the other thing I, I should the, this is sort of catch all at the end of runes, uh, unrelated, but uh, the camera. Um, I had it was a really good camera. Uh, they addressed the third person problems pretty well, but I had one major complaint about it, and I'm not sure if I'm I'm curious to see if anyone else shared this experience. Kyla did not. Um, the camera follows you. It's always centered on you until you get into a boss fight. And then it becomes a static camera, and you move around as a free agent in the map. And for me, this is like a common enough, yeah. common enough thing in third-person action games that I didn't even think about it. Yeah. But for me, it meant that all of the visual expectation that I developed from playing the rest of the game gets thrown out the window when you need it most. Hmm. That's because yeah. that was why I had trouble with the wood wretch was because all of a sudden, because I'm expecting, I'm expecting the visual feedback of the camera slide. And there isn't any. Huh. You know. Yeah. It, it's like I, it's like in Terraria when you get to the edge of the map. 
<laughs> yeah, it did, actually, that like totally didn't even occur to me either. Okay. It's interesting. Huh. Yeah, I think it's one of those like genre literacy things, right? Where it's a matter mm. of like what you've gotten used to, and then you just stop thinking about it. <clears throat> um, whereas, like, if you if you don't play as many third person like 3D action games, then it's not or even just, thing. Or even just console games, which this clearly is, even though it's available only for PC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, no. Uh, you can get it on Switch now. I think. Oh, I think you can. Yeah. That sounds which right. Cool. It's a good. It's a good light yeah. title for the Switch, you know? Yeah, it's, and it's a fun game to mess around with, and I like that it sort of has, like, a weird light programming element to it with the triggers. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that feels kind of cool. Um, but as I said at the beginning, I think overall <clears throat> the game is, like, almost really good, but in the end it's just okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that really sums it up for me. <laughs> you can see, that you, it's not game of the year, but you can see it from here. Mm. With a lot of work. With a telescope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a sky shard. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, int- like intriguing mechanics, mostly well implemented. Uh, average visuals, average music, below average storytelling. So. Yeah, it's you know. one of those games that I recommend in spite of its mediocrities because I want to encourage development in the direction in this direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a, like if you want to support like interesting experimental indie stuff, it might be cool to check out. Um, but I wouldn't like wholesale like be like, "Oh, you have to try this" kind of yeah. thing to anyone. And it's definitely a game to play as prior art if you are a dev who wants to do uh, a procedural spellcasting game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, as I say, like, I feel like that is a fairly common thing that, like, people get the idea to try, and this is, like, a good reference. Yeah. I mean, that's the focus of the game, and it really works well. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It, 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 and I, I can tell that they put that's where they put their work. Yeah. Like, if the writing, if the writing needed another couple passes... Uh, and, and, if, and it's not like it's not like um the the freaking voice based spell casting one in which that's the I was only yeah, thing about the game. About yeah, in verbis versus yeah, that in that one the spell casting is the only thing that works, and then everything else is pretty terrible. In yeah. this one, this is the thing that works the best, and everything else is like average. It works. It gets you there. It, yeah, it's functional. Yeah. I, I feel so, like they were uh, trying to take what take you know the the concept of spellcrafting uh, the way that it sort of worked in Magicka, but then turn that into something that's a little more methodical and intelligent. Yeah, but yeah. it was just kind of less fun. <laughs> I don't know. I think in addition to being more methodical and intelligent, on a separate axis, they were trying to make it less batshit. Yeah. I feel that batshit is a separate axis. Yeah, but uh, the thing fair. is, the batshit is what's fun about it, and yeah. they shouldn't have tried to. They should have leaned into that. Yeah, I just I like the idea of contemplating my spell book. You know, <laughs> it's yes. like it's got the it's got an appeal like Magic the Gathering does. <laughs> you know, or other CCGs where you you're trying to figure out how to combine how to synthesize these elements uh, into something brilliant and beautiful. And of course, in in this game, as you contemplate your spellbook, your spellbook also contemplates you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Look not too deeply into the spellbook. 
Yeah, because he's an asshole. Because um, it's an asshole. He's an asshole, but he's not really at all. Like, yeah, he's, he actually is, like, pretty helpful and positive and, like, teaches you things that you weren't otherwise learning. Like, for basically the whole game, yeah. right up until the very end. Like, I mean... Which, I mean, he still doesn't do anything bad. Yeah. I guess, I guess possessing someone... Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really the big the big thing, but it's like, you know, you you become a mage, and you meet your mentor, and your mentor just doesn't really do jack shit for you, and then you get to Haven where all of the other mages are... With the expectation of okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna like be among my people. I'm gonna learn from them. Nope, go run our fucking errands, and then while you're at it, save the world for us. Thanks, kid. <laughs> yep. And it's but another weird thing about it is that like it it you could have played into this in an interesting way, right? Like you could have had it be about like oh, all the mages are jerks to Zia, and this one mage is actually been really kind of cool to her, and so like. At the end, she's honestly tempted by this evil power because it's, you know, she knows it's evil, but it's also a choice between, like, the person who's been good to her and the people who are kind of shit to her. But they yeah. don't lean into that at all. Yeah. Because in the oh, end, I, he just fucks I, I totally off, too. Forgot, I totally forgot that Mentor gets, like, knocked out at the beginning of the tower. And, like, all, oh, maybe yeah. be killed, question mark? Yeah. I don't I don't Which, think like, he gets killed because the enchanter then shows up and he's like, You Zia, you go on ahead and fight the boss and save the world. I'll stay here and make sure that he's okay. <laughs> like yeah. just, just like the most cowardly shit you can think of. Yeah. yeah. And I think is that supposed to be him in like the ending animation? She's sitting at someone's bedside and some that person is tucked. I think that's mentor. I think so. Okay. So if that so if that's mentor, does did Zia kill her uncle? Is that what this game yes. is implying? Yeah, that's the implication is that she that's blew her. Never addressed. Like she doesn't she... feel bad about it. She doesn't get a mourning scene. They just kind of yeah. mention offhand that like she lived with her uncle and then she burned her house down and yeah. there's a fresh grave in the city. Yeah. Yeah. And this. So the, uh, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, no, it's just like, that's the other thing where it's like, you know, supposedly she wrought all of this destruction, uh, and they kicked her out, like, they exiled her from the village, and then you go to the village, and it's like, everything's perfectly fine, and some people are sort of cold towards you, but most of them aren't. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, another like, I know another we kicked you thing. out, but, it, hell, even the guard, whose job it is to keep you out, is like, you know... You've lived here all your life. I don't feel too great about the exile thing. Just keep it on the down low, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. And you're there when the town needs you. So that helps. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, another pass of this game with a with a writer. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, overall, as I said, like, I'm not comfortable, like, universally recommending it. But I think it's it's kind of a cool, interesting experiment that if if the sound of this if this sounds like something that is fun to you, um, you know, there's plenty of stuff. That I feel like even though we spoiled the story, you don't fucking care about the story in this yeah. game. No, like not there's at enough all. interesting stuff to try experimenting with to be worth like, you know, if this is your jam, you know, pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. a that's a good asterisk to put on put on a recommendation. <laughs> Yeah, that's true jam. Is that a podcast? 
Yeah, I was going to say, is any anybody else have any final closing thoughts on no. the game? Basically covered it. All right. Okay. All right, so next. Uh, in the next two weeks, uh, we are going to be playing a game called Baba Is You, which just came out, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, it is by uh, Hempuli Oi is the name of the developer. Possibly. Uh, yeah. We hope. I went to this website, and it's uh, which is hempuli.com, and it says, this is the home site of RV, quote, Hempuli Tekari. I live in Finland. And so it's like one person, it's like a very, like, my first website looking website. <laughs> and it's uh, just got a bunch of links to, like, um, Twitter and, and different games and stuff. But it looks like a really interesting game. Wow, this person has actually made a lot of games, it turns out. Um, it's a very fascinating looking puzzle game uh, where part of the mechanic is that there are sentences on the screen. Uh, and you push those sentences around to form different sentences, and the sentences are true. So you try and form sentences that are, like, helpful to your situation. So that in the trailer, the example they give is there's two sentences. Uh, Baba is you. Baba is the player character. It's like a little rabbit-looking thing. Uh, Baba is you, and rock is push. And there's a rock. But if you go down as Baba, and you take the word rock, and you push it into place so it says rock is you... Then you control the rock instead of controlling Baba. <laughs> and so it's a, I guess it's a game about like redefining the rules of the game, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a, which is a cute concept to me and it has some, uh, you know, conceptual similarities to this game. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be, I think, an interesting contrast to play next. Yeah. I think I uh, shall play it. Yes. I mean, came out, podcast, but... came out very recently, so. Uh, and it's uh, available at least on Steam, possibly other places, I'm not sure. Oh, it came out thir- the 13th, which is last yeah. week, which I think is the same day Hypnospace Outlaw came out. Okay. Hypnospace Outlaw? Yeah, so I'll show you the trailer. It's uh, pretty oh, the, incredible. the day after. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. So, yeah which, like which is another one days. that we will probably play uh, in the near future. But for now, yep. I'm looking forward to checking out Baba Is You. So you have two weeks to play that, and then if you uh, really have stuff to say about it, feel free to contact us on Twitter um, and come join us uh, as a guest. Yeah. Huck, uh, would you recommend the guest experience? I would. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so if they want to get in touch with us on Twitter, how do they do so? Uh, hello. You can find uh, the podcast Twitter at Feedback Force, which is where... Uh, I mean, episodes are announced there, and all of the links that you could possibly want are there. Uh, so that's probably helpful if you would like to know more about any of these things. Uh, if you would like to uh, not enjoy some helpful content, you can just go to my my me Twitter, which is at Kelso Time Bomb, and uh, it is mostly shit posts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go. And right now that's it. Cause I'm taking a bl- break from streaming. So I dread and, and fear the internet, but, uh, it can still find me at, uh, I, I stream on Tuesdays and sometimes Wednesdays, uh, in the afternoons by Pacific standard time rule uh, rules, usually, uh, two to five or three to five at, uh, twitch.tv slash Jester. That's J E S T I R two five six. Uh, and that is also my Twitter. 
which I use almost exclusively to announce when I when I'm streaming and more frequently when I'm not. <laughs> um, that's my call sign for everyone. Everything else. So if you ever see a J E S T I R two five six, that's almost certainly me. Well, you're opening yourself up hey, for impostors now. <laughs> impostors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's a it's always a possibility. Yeah. Anyway. Um, as I become as I grow in fame. Yes, of course. Fame. You're gonna need a check mark. Yeah. Anyway, sorry well, I me. cut you off, Carl. <laughs> yeah, you, you can follow me on Twitter at Skug3. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Right. This uh, is a successful episode. Huck, thanks for <laughs> thanks for podcasting from the other room. Yep. Uh, <laughs> My feet are frozen. All right, uh, and uh, we'll see everybody in a couple weeks uh, yep. with Baba Is You. Yes, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.